This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, BJ Thompson, and licensed therapist, John J.P. Parker, are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Build a Better Us podcast. I'm John Parker. And I'm BJ Thompson. And we are killing the game. Oh, kill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just come out, you know what I'm saying, being minimally humble. Now, as we teach you to be humble, you have to, you know, let us slide a little bit. Just because, you know, we we are at a place in life where we want to feel ourselves so that you can feel yourself. Mm. Right? If the giver of the gift mm. isn't feeling himself mm. we don't expect you all to receive the gift well mm. so today ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we're talking about the struggle for approval mm. when seeking approval goes wrong it can go really wrong really yeah. fast yeah yeah very fast very quickly and the goal that we want to give or the goal that we have in mind is helping y'all realize like hey whatever age you are stop seeking approval mm. not necessarily stop seeking approval in terms of just being rogue and out here being reckless but there's some disadvantages to when you're not authentically you and you're begging to have a seat at someone else's table. Does that sound about right? That sounds amazing. Uh, how, how, does it, how does that look for you? Where, where are you at in life? Where- it's a great question, kind yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a very important subject. When you talk about approval, approval is so scary because it's all based off of self-perception mm-hmm. and a desire to belong. Mm. Man, I remember the first time I wanted approval Third grade, everybody had the new Dope Man Nikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the yeah. Cortez yeah, yeah, checks. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, my mother was convinced she was going to save every single dime. <laughs> all the dimes. All the dimes <laughs> on my shoes. Right. And so my mother took me to a, a shoe store. A shoe store. Called Payless. Ah, okay. I was saying the swap meet. Okay. No, no, okay. not swap meet. Okay. With swap meet, you can get some good bargains You, you can there. make it work, yeah. Called Payless mm-hmm. and bought me some XJ nine hundred. Trust me, bro. Do I you? Had, I had some. Did you? You I know about these? XJ yeah, these are, these are like really challenging yeah. shoes. Yeah. And I remember going back to school. You know, I was a little reluctant at first. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, mom, this ain't the Cortez. Yeah, yeah. These ain't the Dion. Did they look like them though? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. it didn't really okay. matter, right? All right. But man, I got back to school and it was like, what are those? Oh man. So yeah. 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 So when I think about approval, my earliest experience with approval was trying to figure out, like, yo, I don't really have the, the shoe game yeah. or the apparel game yeah. to be accepted by y'all folks mm-hmm. yet. What are some of your earliest challenges with approval <sighs> or acceptance? And like, yo, this is a I got an addendum to your XJ 900s. How Do I got you? it? Yeah, just a brief, 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 then I go to my my real story. Uh, one of these Christmases, being broke, 
uh, the church decided to have a TV, not a TV, a uh, raffle. Not a raffle, but like giveaway. But you know, they're asking people to give gifts to kids, so they wanted the kids to kind of say what they wanted and or what they needed. Angel tree. Yeah, like you know, they wanted the kids to to say what they needed, say what they wanted. Angel tree type of situation or whatever. So I put on their basketball shoes. Um, somebody got me some basketball shoes, XJ 900s. I didn't know anything about it. So then I get to school the next day and it's like, Hold on, how yeah. How'd you feel when you first saw them though? Let's I mean, talk. it was, I mean, I just needed some shoes to hoop in. It was got like it. for, you know, basketball season. Got it, got it, got I, I got never it. had name brand stuff. So, I mean, I had maybe some name brand stuff, but it wasn't like I would have known that this was a Payless situation. Cause oh. when I was at the Payless shoes I was getting wasn't basketball shoes. Right. Got it, got it. So I didn't even know what XJ 900s were. Because I definitely would have done something different. I get to school that Monday after that Sunday. Bro, when I say the roast fest begins, the problem was- And the roast begins. But, but they looked like Harachis. And I didn't realize I never had Harachis. So Cass like, oh, wait. Oh, these are dope. Wait. Wait. I'm cl- oh, closer uh, inspection. What are, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What is happening right now? And I was like, bruh. I felt so bad because at least when you know they're, you know what I'm saying, pay less, yeah. you can, you know, get Protect ready for Protect your feet. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Protect your feet. Or I wouldn't have worn those for school anyway. You can walk anyway. in slow. Listen, Bruh. walk in slow, put them in when everybody turned their head. Yeah, yeah, They were basketball shoes anyway, so they were only for the court. So I would have been fine not wearing them to school, but I was going to stunt. Like, I got some new shoes. I got the, the new Hirachis, y'all. Got them, bro. So anyway, I digress. So my 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 fitting, looking for approval situation comes at the tender age of about mm, 12 years old. Oh. All right. I am in West Covina, California. You know, not quite L.A., 30 miles south, uh, thirty miles east of L.A., but all the homies got ran out of L.A., ended up in West Covina, right? So one day, my homie's uh, big cousin rolled up, and I was in a midst of a domestic, not a domestic dispute, but a fight with one of my uh, Latino friends. Oh. He rolls up in the middle of me arguing with my Latino partner mm-hmm. about what does Ken say on Street Fighter? You know, does he say, oh, you can, or a or mm-hmm. whatever, right? We just, we just, an uh, argument. 12 years old, that's what you're fighting over, right? Okay. So we squared up, standing off, you know what I'm saying, wolfing at each other. Wait, y'all squared up over a duke? Bruh, bruh, squared up. It was like, yo, this is what we finna do right now. So I pull up, uh, I pull, you know, the, my homeboy's cousin pulls up. It's the big homie, right? So he ain't like a deuce, you know, six, four, I don't know, deuce, I don't know what he's in. He's in some like old school something, right? And I'm like, this is like a scene from like Boys in the Hood or something, right? So he pulls up, he's like, hey, hey, swing on him, little cuz, swing on him. And I'm like, well, little cuz, he's referring to me. I don't, I'm not affiliated, but I know what he means. <laughs> uh, he sees me squared up. And I, all these things go through my mind. All right, he's Mexican, so I gotta fight him because it's black and Mexican beef. He's a crib, and I, you know, I want to be kind of cool with the crib in the neighborhood. I know I don't advocate violence at all, but like these are the things you got to worry about. Twelve years old in the hood, like you, you know, can't be no sucker, or whatever. Yeah, you got to seek that approval, yeah, whatever the case can. may be, right? So as soon as he says, you know, square up, you know what I'm saying. As soon as he say, you know what I'm saying, bomb on that fool. When you hear, I don't know if y'all said bomb in Texas, but when you hear the word bomb on that fool, no, we never. Had oh, I had no choice but to bomb on that dude, man. Did you? So I swung, man. And we scuffled for a little bit. Then uh, my Mexican partner's brother came out and broke us up or whatever. And we wasn't cool after that no more, man. You know what I'm saying? We was cool up until that point in life. Like, I had known that dude for two, three years, man. We was tight, man. And you ruined your best friend over the Ayukin. Bruh. Over the big homie saying the bomb on that fool. The big homie say bomb, you got to bomb. You know what I'm saying? Like Pac said, you got to bomb first. You know what I mean? You threw some punches over over the Ayukin. Bruh. You know what I'm saying? And lost the homie, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, bruh, like... On a minor level, when you're 12, that's the end of the world. Like, man, this is my friend. And we live in the apartment. He lived next door. We shared a wall, bro. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't live next to each other. Bruh. Like, bruh. Like, it just gets worse. It's it like gets the worse. story getting worse right. and worse. And then he's like, all right, cuz. And he pulls off. 
And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a crip, so I can't go running to you for some for some attention. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, bro, like, well, I guess I'll be playing by myself for the next couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the challenge for approval, right? Mm-hmm. It's like approval is about the agenda of someone else, not what you truly desire. Yeah. And yeah, bro, like I think about them XJ 900s. They put mm-hmm. me out so bad. <laughs> bro, I'm still going. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to therapy right yeah, now yeah, because still talking of that. about it now, right? Yeah. You remember. And I think this, it creates in you this new desire to want to be accepted so mm-hmm. bad that sometimes you give yourself up in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I feel like this. Yeah. Yeah. I I really believe this. Mm-hmm. But in order to gain this platform, this seat at the table, yeah. this approval, I'll put those things to the side, man. Yeah. Talk to us about how you've seen that come crashing yeah. down in people's lives when they put down so long, either in their family relationships mm-hmm. or promoted relationships, and how that's created a crash yeah. over time. What happens oftentimes is we feel as if if we put in the effort, if we put in the time, if we prove ourselves to be worthy mm. of sitting at someone's table, mm. right? Whether it's a mentor, whether it's a leader in the church, whether it's a a uh, family member, whether it's somebody in the community, whether it's a denomination, school, whether it's a denomination, there's so many things that we put ourselves out there, right? And we put our best foot forward, hoping, wishing, praying that these people or this person or this institution uh, will allow us to have that seat. Once we realize, a, either they don't care for us as much as we care for them. Mm. B, they really don't want us at the table anyway, and they were just putting up with us for the time being. Wait, you mean people will make you jump through the hoops of approval and they don't care for you? At all. Wow. Not one drop. <laughs> it's just rites of passage almost. It's like hazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, uh, when I was in college, the Alphas approached me, and I went to the house to listen to their speech. And I was like, half of these dudes in this room I got beef with and want to fight right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I have, there's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Them dudes didn't care about me or my my safety. They just wanted them dudes. They wanted them dudes, bro. They, they don't know my story. Some- <laughs> they didn't care about my life, bro. They wanted some warm chicken, right? They, they would ask me like, yo, like like, hey, look at these dudes around. Are you good? I'm like, nah, fool, let's fight. All of them right now. You know what I'm saying? So like, people will, will allow you to do things just to allow you to do them for the sake of allowing you to do them. Wow, you know, um, and I can go. I mean, that's only B. I can go C D E F G. But the bottom line is. We put ourselves out there. Mm. We lose sight of who we are. Mm. And when all of the rugs get pulled from underneath us, we come crashing down because we have this revelation of like, oh, I was playing myself. Wow. Right? So, I I mean, what I'm saying is I could have kept giving a list of things, right, of of what we do. Um, But I feel like the listener, you listening to us, understands like, yo, like, you put yourself out there. And there's various ways for you to put yourself out there only to find out that, hey, you played yourself. Goodness That's the bottom line to this thing. That's probably the most challenging thing that I've ever experienced is Mm -hmm. that when I'm seeking approval, I had a someone I admire. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it there. Yeah. And um, you know, I was a very young person and I sought their approval because I believed in who they were. I thought that what they were was admirable. Mm-hmm. And I never forget a friend saying, like, you know, that person kind of made it clear, like, he don't really even fool with you. And it broke mm-hmm. me. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is somebody I really respect and I really admire. Mm -hmm. Like, you mean all of the trying to change to fit in, trying to say the right things, Mm -hmm. trying to have behavior that mirrors the things that they affirm. Mm -hmm. 
and even taking time out of my day to connect. You mean even with all of that, I'm still being rejected? Yeah. And man, I think that's probably the most devastating thing is that when you find yourself having given it all, you said in a previous episode, (laughs) you said something different, but you Mm -hmm. just said like, you got two choices. Mm -hmm. You can say, I'll never do this again. I'll have my heart out. Or you just kind of live with the grief and seek a new type of approval, man. Yeah. So yeah. one of my observations about approval is that it's something that develops in us not when we're older and in a job, in a dorm room, trying to cross a frat. It starts at our earliest yeah. memories mm-hmm. and family of origin. You got to fit in the family origin, bro. Yeah, you yeah. got to fit. Yeah. And you cannot shake those things. What are the ways you've seen people confront this idea of acceptance and the need for acceptance? Yeah. Yeah. What are some ways? A lot of times it gets sparked at even if you make it to the table and then you realize like, oh, oh no, I don't need to be at this table. Mm. Or, oh, all these people at this table are all Judas. (laughs) It's Mm. not just one. Or these people at these table are pretending to be something that they're not and I'm losing sight of who I am. Wow. Right, So there's usually some type of revelation that comes, again, whether it's you make it and you shouldn't be there or you never make it at all, right? But I think how I see it played out just in terms of like why it doesn't... Well, I want to answer your question. Well... You said you want to ask a question? No, I, was, I wanted to answer your question. I felt I felt myself going in a different direction. But I'll say this. What happens is people don't value what they bring to the table. Ooh. Even if you make it to the table, um, you realize like, oh, this isn't a place where I really want to be, Ooh. right? Or you get around some people. And you oh, realize, wait, you did your whole, your whole life. You've been living <laughs> to get to this table. Yeah. And you realize this isn't even what I desire. Not even close. Wow. Right? And so that usually is the precursor for being able to say like, okay, what do I do now, right? Mm. So you have this revelation, whether it's these aren't the people, this isn't the place, this isn't the institution, what was I thinking trying to get to this table? The problem is the underlying issue is that you devalue yourself, right? Mm. You don't realize what you bring to a table, let alone this table, that table, your table, whatever the case may be. It's a good word. Right? So when you devalue yourself, when you don't understand what you bring to the table, it takes a process of elimination Sometimes, again, by you getting to the table and realizing that ain't it, or somebody not letting you to get to the table or whatever the case may be, but that wheel has to start spinning. So the idea that I'm presenting to the listeners, like, okay, well, how about you start thinking through things before you even approach the table, Mm. right? Or before you even seek to be at the table. Let's Mm. process and think through what it is that I have, right? What value do I bring and what table do I want to bring to or what table do I want to set myself and allow others to come to? Yeah. Right? You know what's, what's challenging about that is that Anytime you see issues in a table and you want to bring some some tweak that could create new outcomes, mm-hmm. you're told that that's arrogant. Yep. That's prideful. Mm-hmm. And I, I think mm-hmm. what I realize about it is like, no, people preserving power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, you come in, this is their house. This yeah. is their table. Yeah. You, you are truly a visitor, no matter how much they articulate mm-hmm. to you that you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And we love you. It's like coming into your home Bruh. and moving your couch. Bruh. Right? Wait a minute. You just blew my mind up. Think about this, right? Go ahead. Have you seen so many organizations fall apart when the leader passes it off to a son that is not equipped to even tie the leader's shoes, bro? Mm. Like, like, and I'm not making this about leaders need to be worshipped, but the idea is like people wrongly pass on good things things mm. because the person that's at their table, the next in charge is their seed, is their son or somebody that's been ill-equipped for what is 
to become. Wow. You know what I'm talking about? Was yeah. when you said what you said, I'm like, bro, like, like this happens way too often. Mm. People have tables, they have things that they're trying to keep as a, you know, a family fixture or a legacy or whatever the case may be. And they pass it on to the wrong person. Yeah. Right. And it just goes downhill from there. So their table and all that stuff that they worked hard and all their whole life and toiled for crumbles because they can't take it with them and who they pass it on to is a fail. But anyway, sorry, man. That was no, no, that's good. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah. I but I was saying that you you realize like, oh, I'm not supposed to rearrange yeah. this. And yeah. I think one of the issues of acceptance is believing that what you have is worthy. Mm-hmm. You are worthy. You know, one of the greatest transformations that I've had is that despite my flaws, I am worthy. I bring something amazing to a table. Mm. And I think because when you engage things and you have evident issues, the gatekeepers will make those things glaring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, They'll point out all of your evident issues. And even if you have a sincere heart, because something in you knows this table could be healthier. Mm-hmm. What you're doing could create mm-hmm. more space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I would say with acceptance is you have to value your little flame no matter how small it is, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. If you are seamstress, value the fact that you can look into a piece of fabric and determine how it would come together in order to become a wearable piece. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are someone who works in construction, Value the fact that you can look at raw materials mm-hmm. like wood and a handful of nails and screws and create a structure that sustains a house. Mm-hmm. If you are a doctor, value the fact that you have the capacity to think through the neurological in some of the bone structures mm-hmm. and some of the organ uh, organization in order to create health and longevity in people. You have to value you, Mm -hmm. but you cannot value you until you can explain you to you. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the greatest issue that I see with people is that they want to value themselves because they've been burnt, they've been hurt, they've been rejected, they felt stupid, they've been put on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. And so then they go to the other side and believe like, well, I'm going to just be valuable. Yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. But they haven't learned to be able to progressively communicate their own story yeah. to themselves, about themselves, in a way that brings value to their flame. Yeah. What do you think about that? What do you hear in that? Yeah, what do you think? I had a conversation with my mentor this week in which I said, hey, man, I am in a, on a new page of life. I mm. realized for the last 10 years... The God that I serve has a spirit that deals within me, and he speaks to me. Mm. Oftentimes, when he speaks to me, I run it through the filter of, okay, am I being a rebel? Okay, is this just me bucking against the system just to buck against the system? Okay, is this me just being angry with the church, angry with this, or angry with that? And then I told him, I said, but you know what I realized? This is the Lord allowing me to wrestle with tensions because he wants me to grow. He wants me to learn something. He might want me to move on. He might want me to be a better person. He might want me to love my wife better. And if I keep rejecting these 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 impulses as it just be you know it's just it's me just Praise, just you know what i'm saying you know, I'm, just, I'm just saying like the spirit of god is 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 saying hey dude wake up yeah look around you read something write something learn something talk to people and get a greater understanding instead of just shutting down what i'm trying to do for you in your life right uh-huh. you have to be careful because sometimes we'll say well this is the lord or this is this and this and that that'd be office two left shoes right 
But the idea is that, man, if you have attention, if you're wrestling with something, if you hear something that doesn't sound right, if you are in a situation, if you're at a table, if you're trying to be at a table and you're like, eh, maybe this ain't what I need to do, yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah. Right? Don't overlook that thing and make sure that you do your due diligence to find out what it is you're getting yourself into before you get into that thing. Wow. Before you desire to have a seat at this dude's table or this person's table or with this organization or whatever the case may be, do some research. Yeah. If you feel something not right in your spirit, pay attention to that and ask the right questions. Yeah. Right? And don't just walk into things blindly hoping for the best. Sometimes you have to do that, but when Good. you can do the research and be learned about something, go ahead and get that that information in. Good. And the biggest thing is I see as we kind of wrap things up for me is just we got to stop begging for our dignity. Mm. I mean, you said this in the pre-show when it's like, man, we are out here. Basically, what I'm saying is I stole your thunder because if you had that point, I'm going to make that point. But the idea is like, man, we're out here begging for our dignity. We're out here trying to convince people we're worth something. We're out here trying to make things like, hey, man, please notice me. Please recognize me. Please put me on your pedestal. Please give me time. And we don't have to do that. We're created in God's image, yeah. the Imago Day. We have worth, we have inherent value, and we don't have to beg others for their approval. We don't yeah. have to beg others to allow us to seat at their table. Again, like I said before, sometimes you got to create your own table. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So in order to have acceptance, to begin the journey of healthy acceptance, mm-hmm. you have to realize that acceptance, finding acceptance doesn't start with learning the acceptance of people. It's learning to be accepted with your creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it moves from there to learning to accept yourself, right? Too many of us look for approval and acceptance in other people mm-hmm. only to realize they're trying to make us in their image. Right. Come on, man. And they're killing something inside yeah. of us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we can't have a collaborative relationship, a cooperative relationship that seeks to gain new growth. But what it means is that I value what I bring to the table just as much as I value what's being brought to me Mm -hmm. at that table, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that sense of self-worth and dignity, it's so undertaught because Mm -hmm. here's what it would do. It would mean that the way we see things would change. Mm -hmm. The way we experience tables would change. The way we experience relationships would change is that my wife, though different, She's not just worthy. Mm-hmm. She brings something valuable to the situation. Yeah. yeah. And then she can impose that value mm-hmm. into our marriage mm-hmm. while not, again, if I know my worth and my value, mm-hmm. while not taking anything from me. And so mm-hmm. what I would say is oftentimes it's not just fear on the behalf of the people who want acceptance. It's fear on behalf of the people who need your acceptance yeah. to sustain certain things. Yes, bro. And it like it's like need your acceptance, need your time, need, need your, your money. money. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't forget that money. They bro. need your check. And I think people are undervaluing, not even undervaluing, or not realizing that people may not have like intentional like desires to see you be there, like handmaids, bond servants, whatever the word you want to use. But people will use you if you allow them to. Mm. People will use them. BJ, if, if you're like, hey, uh, JP, um, bro, I got this issue and I just can't wash my drawers oh. uh, myself. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like, will you be willing to serve me and wash my drawers? And I'd be like, man, I don't really want to wash your drawers, but yeah, I'll do it. And you uh, let me wash your drawers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, yeah. You let me do that. I was yeah. using a crude example, but I'm, to get a point across that people will allow but you to do- But if you needed to wash some drawers, bro, I will let you wash some drawers. Right. Away. You know what I'm saying? And people will let you do whatever it is you will do for them. Huh? 
And when you're no longer useful, holler at you. Mm. Or when they have to save face, or when they're trying to get to another table, or when they're trying to make room for somebody else, bow, your seat is no longer accepted. Wow. Your card stopped working. No more interest in the front door. Wow. But I'm just, that was just a little introduction. You know, just a little interjection. Yeah, it's a little introduction yeah, to yeah. it. What are some practical ways people can begin to deal with the struggle with acceptance? There's a lot of people who struggle from mm-hmm. a family-wise, from mm-hmm. a friendship perspective, mm-hmm. and it is hindering them. What are some things, what's some tips you would give to our listeners? Yeah, man. So once that card is rejected, man, life kicks in and you got you to gotta do something different, right? Quickly. Um, and so I think, you know, practically just one thing, really just helping people understand when it comes to knowing your worth to end the struggle for approval is really just building self-esteem. And we, mm. we've talked about that, you know, so many different times, but when you don't have high self-esteem and not like pride or arrogance or whatever the case may be, but knowing, like you said, knowing your worth and knowing what you bring to the table, yeah. if, if you don't know those things, you're already at a loss and people will be able to take advantage of you, right? Yeah. So it may take creating a list of the things you do well, mm. what you've done well in the past, the accomplishments that you've had, the things that you have been able to do that others weren't able to do because you need to set yourself apart from the crowd, right? You need to set yourself apart from others good. that are like you and put yourself in, in good space within yourself, right? Good. You know, people don't take the time to, to not necessarily hype themselves up, yeah. but to to be reminded of what they do well, yeah. right? To be reminded of their value and their worth. Wow. And if you're looking for other people's approval, right? Mm. If you're looking for a seat at the table, you're not going to be valued until somebody tells you what you're worth and yeah. what you're good at. And what you're worth and what you're good at for others is in relation to what you can do for them. Woo! Now, right? that, is, that is what I wish people would tell us, mm-hmm. is that oftentimes... You don't realize that your value is being put to the test mm-hmm. based off of what you can do yeah. for the people yes. who are overseeing yes. things, right? What, what they need from you. Yeah, what they yes. need from you yeah. and how you build. And so this is just kind of close wrapping up. This is what I would say. The important, most important thing to learning your worth and value is the ability to explain you to you. Yeah, yeah. If you can't explain you to you, I didn't say explain you to other people. hmm if you can't explain you to you why you do the things you do, why you're passionate about what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. how have you seen this happen, not just in this moment, but way back then, yeah. the formation, yeah. right? If you can't explain you to you, you cannot express yourself joyfully within the world. Mm-hmm. Because now the world is saying, I want you to explain yourself and truthfully, you just need to express yourself yeah. joyfully. Yeah. Here's kind of the few things I teach in coaching as well. Um, you need some life coaching because this is very challenging stuff, man. Yeah, for sure. You can make sure you hit us up yeah. at BJ116. Yeah, C. John Roar, S-E-E-J-O-N-R-O-A-R. Also. Yeah. And you hit go to Build a Better Us Life Coaching. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'd love to walk with you through that. Yeah. But yeah. one of the things I tell people is this one. You need to be able to explain your nature. Mm-hmm. What are the things about you that are true, you know, regardless? Mm-hmm. Are you witty, funny, mm-hmm. agile? Are yeah. you, you know, nurturing? Yeah. What are the things that are true about you? The attributes that work well for yourself and how you can benefit others. You Absolutely. Know what I'm yeah. The things that are just ingrained in who you yeah. are, yeah. right? Yeah. The other thing is, what is your nurture? Mm-hmm. What kind of traumas have you experienced? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind of highs have you experienced? Mm-hmm. What's your family dynamic? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you have personally done? And the more you're able to explain these things, the better you'll be able to express. So I got angry, and this is just for example. Mm-hmm. I find myself getting angry about something. 
And I'm like, man, why am I so angry at disrespect? Mm -hmm. Why my wife said this? And I feel an extra layer of rage mm -hmm. because I felt like she disrespected me. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can explain me to me, I feel that way, mm -hmm. not because my wife said something about the dishes. Mm -hmm. I feel that way because at a very early age, I learned that my value would be diminished if I allowed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now when yeah. I'm expressing myself, yeah. Yeah. I can know when to apologize. Yeah. I can know when to keep pushing forward. But I also know that I bring that unique perspective mm -hmm. to the table. Mm -hmm. That's a practical thing. What other practical thing would you say? Mm -hmm. Just close it out. Just making sure that the people that you find yourself being around are able to also edify you. Mm. Right. What do you mean edify? So you have a lot of people that are like, oh, you big dummy. Oh, you failed again. Oh, you blew it. But you have to have people around you that are like, yo, BJ, that was great when you did this. Man, I really appreciated that you did that. Man, like the thing that you said that time, it just revolutionized my life. Again, wow. this isn't about yes, man. Again, this isn't about having a court of people around you that are just there to appease you. Yeah. But really having people that know you, that can speak to your shortcomings, that can speak to areas of growth, but as well as the things that you do well. Good. The worst thing I ever did in my life, and I promise you we're wrapping up, is I went to counseling whatever you want to call it, quote-unquote counseling with my wife one time with an older couple. The guy didn't know me. I thought he knew me well, and he trashed me in front of my wife, Ooh. like tore me to pieces, all under free, false pretenses of who I was. The dude didn't know me at all and went back and told people at my church, like, yo, this guy is arrogant. He's this, he's that. And the people were like, nah, I don't think you know that guy. And come to find out the reason why he trashed me is because I reminded him of himself wow. at some point in time in life. And he felt the way to, to, to get me from being like that was to disrespect me in front of my wife. And I'm like, man, if, you don't, if you're not going to seek counsel from people or have people in your corner that actually know you and that can speak into your life, you're doing yourself disharm. Wow. And that's how you end up seeking approval for others or being at the wrong table because these people you want to be like or the people that you want to emulate or the people that you want to uh, give you accolades can't speak into your life and they wow. can't do that thing for you. Sheesh. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, our desire is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast. Two clergy of different traditions, Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman, discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.